I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Happy New Year's. It's January 2nd of 2023 and I'd like to welcome you here. This podcast is made for my Facebook online coaching group. Um, It has at least 100 members active at all times and we've had over 300 sign up, 300 sign up in the past three years. It started in August of 2020. Um, I love this group. It allows me to take it to another level. Um, I've had over 30 years of helping people with training horses, lessons, and clinics. And this newer technology now where we have a coaching app that allows me to take it to another step, your clinic and your lesson or your competition videos or your training videos and slow them down and and write on it and draw on it and show you what I see through my eyes and give you advice on what to fix in competition or in training in your riding cues or your horse's foundation or maybe your positioning or spots that you ride to, um, all of those things. So it's really an awesome thing and I, I hope everybody enjoys it as much as I do. Um, I just feel like it's like a holistic way to look at things full circle. Um, It just is one more part of TLC's program that I love having as a part of what I offer for services. So with that said, I always like to start the online uh, podcast. It's our weekly Q&A. We have a topic. The topic this week is biomechanics for barrel racing and um, being in tune with your horses as far as um, knowing what your cues mean to your horse and and knowing what they need from you Um, but it's also a new year so i want to talk a little bit about your slogan for 2024 also about um, what i want the group's um, word to be for this year Um, last year for the group i chose believe to believe in yourself believe in your horse and um, to believe in your dreams and goals and um, this year it's going to be to be positive because a lot of times what happens is we expect oh it's a new year i need everything to go perfect but it doesn't and then we get discouraged so sometimes you're going to have great runs sometimes you're going to have life happen and you just have to stay positive throughout and find the good um when it's a challenge so you know it's that saying we're either winning or learning there's always a lot of learning going on around the winning and um keeping a positive attitude is going to really help for me my 2024 slogan is going to be lifting people up and laughing more and i always put god first that's my main priority in my if i wrote down my top 10 goals and i encourage everybody to write down your top 10 goals my first would be putting god first my second would be to help others or lift others up family friends all of that of course i'm always trying to build tlc because that's my livelihood um, you know, but, but dance more, laugh more, you know, dance by yourself, you know, just, just smile more. You can keep a positive attitude, the more smiles and laughter you have. And, um, you know, I went on a trail ride, uh, with girl, with women, um, a, you know, girlfriend talks, you know, and, and the trail ride was only a couple hours, but it was so good for the soul because, you know, some men, you know, like I could talk to my mom on the phone for two hours and I can talk to my son or my dad on the phone for 30 minutes. And it's, it doesn't, it's more pulling information. Men don't talk as like women do. Women can just talk for two hours. Like I said, about nothing. And you were like, Oh my gosh, we've been on the phone mom for two hours. And, um, you know, with my son and my dad, I have to kind of keep the conversation going 30 minutes or an hour. And, um, cause they just don't talk as much unless you ask a lot. So by going out with your girlfriends and just 
no competition, just on a trail ride, and it's so good for your horses. Just even going on a trail ride by yourself with your horse and just unplugging from uh, society and just... You know, you know, our animals, you can do that in your backyard, you know, unplug from society with your horses and your dogs and just listen to the birds and see the trees and see the grass and feel everything around you. And, you know, just being more aware, all of those things are so good for our senses um, and our positive outlook on life. And it just, just that feeling of that, uh, of, of happiness comes over you. So, and I do want to talk about that happiness. Um, if you were to scale yourself on a one to 10 happiness, what would you be, what would your number be? You know, I, I don't think people are happy a hundred percent of the time because life happens, but I do think we make our own happy, happiness by being positive. God bless you, Woodrow. Woodrow's chewing on a, on a bone while I'm working here. So he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Except he's sneezing. All right. So what would your scale be? Um, maybe it is faith, family friends work you know as your as your way of doing things but but um you know I I really do think it's important that you take the time to realize you know on my happy scale you know what is it you know and um and just try to pay attention to that so I did write down a couple of things I want you to keep in mind for your 10 steps to it to your new year goals um I do think that your goal should be something that makes you happy, that um, doesn't give you anxiety. I I was talking with um, my own son, and I was talking with uh, several members in the group, and anxiety is a big deal for people. I think it's because people are so hard on themselves, they feel like they need to be perfectionist, um, that they feel like, you know, maybe they don't have purpose, or or they don't feel like they are where they want to be. And all of that puts so much stress on yourself. So if I could give you any advice, it would be not to worry about tomorrow too much. I mean, you have to plan, but don't stress about it. You can't control the things you can't control. You shouldn't let bring your anxiety because you have no control over it. We don't have any control other over whether or not our career is going to go the way I want, our barrel racing goals are going to go the way I want, or if an asteroid is going to hit the earth. I mean, we have no control over those kind of things, or if we're going to get in a car accident or anything like that. All we have control, if we're going to win a million dollars tomorrow, or if, you know, the, your soulmate will walk into your house the next day. I mean, you just don't have control over certain things. What you do have control over is your day-to-day stuff that you do. And that's what I'd like to see you focus on. And sometimes it's good to look back, like look back at 2023 and say, hey, what went well? What what could have went better? What is stuff I want to leave behind? And what is stuff I want to take with me into the new year? So 10, st- 10 steps, the number one would be to review your last year and what the goals um, you were able to meet or not meet and what was good, bad, or what was learned. So number two, do have a schedule um, and goals for this year but make them goals that bring you joy and happiness not anxiety Um, have a schedule that makes it a happy day-to-day life for you that stuff that you want you know we obviously have to work for money Um, we have to have time for our taking care of ourselves. so maybe some exercise or eating healthy Um, maybe uh, time obviously obviously time for riding your horse should be in your schedule 
all those are important. And then write in your calendar. We've all got our new 2024 calendars. Fill those up with the barrel races that you plan to go to the associations, but keep it realistic for your horse, you know, what they can handle mentally and physically. Number three, um, you know, try to keep it as simple as possible because quality to me is more important than quantity. So do your heart's desires. Um, again, your goal should be hearts, your heart's desire, not anxiety. Um, and number four, Uh, not things that bring you anxiety, I should say. Number four is learn. Always be learning. That's such such an important thing. That keeps you inspired. It keeps you motivated. And it helps you get to that next level. So um, do that. And then also number five, the be positive. That is the slogan or the words I'm going to choose for the group for this year. Number six, learn um, by visualizing. So the last one was learning by any other way, like reading clinics lessons all of that but this one's going to be about visualizing and a lot of you aren't that good at centering it should really be centering and visualizing you kind of need to center yourself in order to visualize and centering just like if you're stressed out or having anxiety you would do some breathing techniques or counting or maybe listen to a song that you like or just quiet yourself by focusing on your horse's mane or you know, things like that. You know, you you have ways to center yourself. It's the same way that you should do for um, being, uh, visualizing your run. So after you get yourself calm and visualize yourself training and being a team with your horse, visualize yourself in competition. You know, in competition, look, fast is fast. The fastest fastest team is going to win. But um, smooth is also fast. And you can't be fast and smooth until you've learned to be smooth first. So you have to learn that it is very important. So get that solid in your muscle memory that you need to be smooth at a walk, at a trot, at a lope, at a high lope, slow gallop, full gallop. That's when fast becomes fast because smooth definitely is fast, but you have to go slow in the beginning, slow to be smooth, and then smooth will become fast. So just remember that when you're doing stuff and visualize yourself in the place that you are right now. See every aspect from walking up to the alleyway, one hand on the reins, one hand rubbing your horse's butt, getting in the alleyway, going two hands, lining up with third and finding your arc, riding two hands to your rate spot, then going to the horn, riding to spots one, two, and three. And looking up and guiding your horse to your next spot, one, two, and three. Looking up and guiding your horse back to two hands and then to spots one, two, and three. And looking for home and back to two hands and your energy driving your horse home. See every aspect of you and your horse together making a smooth but fast run. Uh, Number seven would be fitness and care for you and your horse and also getting adequate rest. I don't know about you guys, but New Year's Eve, I was going to watch a movie, go to bed early, maybe have one glass of wine and just relax. My neighbor decided about a quarter mile down next to my reigning horse neighbor friend uh, to have a party and it started at six o'clock and it went till midnight. Music, fireworks, it's awful. And I heard it a half a mile away or a quarter mile away, I guess maybe a quarter mile away, but still she's right next door. So her horses, her chickens, her cats, her duck, 
They were all stressed out all night long, and I felt bad for all the animals of the forest, all our horses. I went out to check mine at 10 o'clock, and they were fine. Rocky was the only one a little worried, but the old girls have been there 20-some years and seen human crazy parties before. But, but um, you know, he, he, so I was lacking of sleep, and, and rest can really affect you. Some of you go full hard all the time, so don't be afraid to schedule yourself some downtime. Downtime is good. And like, you know, other things are good too. Just getting out of the house, getting off social internet and just go for a walk or work your horse, you know, exercise your horse, go on a trail ride. Those are all such good things. Number eight, believe in your goals and have a balance between your family life and your goals. Um, and, and just, you know, it is hard to find balance, but you need to, it's important because, um, a lot of times people that are really successful in business or successful in, um, barrel racing, sometimes our personal life suffers and we take advantage of our, our children and our husbands by doing our thing all the time and we don't do enough for them. You know, go to your kids events, go to what your husband wants to do, all of those things. It's hard to find that balance, um. For me as a horse trainer and a stay-at-home mom with my son while my husband traveled, it was a big challenge to make sure I was there for all of Dalton's things. And sure, there was more competitions I would have wanted to go to, but I had to have the balance for the family. And, um, and I don't regret it because those times you can't get back. Them kids grow up fast, so don't blink. They're grown up. So definitely have that balance. And number nine, have a budget that doesn't charge up your credit cards you know write down how much it's going to cost you to have this horse how much it's going to cost you to go up and down the road and stick with that budget so every year you don't get yourself in more debt because that's not good either and um you know and and a lot of times you know if you aren't winning you got to stay home and tune for a little while till you're winning again to pay for that next barrel race coming up unless you just have enough budget in your work career to pay for it so number 10 is time management um, you know, try not to waste your time. Sometimes you might need an hour of Netflix, but you know, maybe you don't need four hours of Netflix, you know, just use your time, you know, wisely and, um, and do it the way that you think it will help you. So again, like I said, I want you to follow your heart and, um, set your goals according to your desires. Goals that are aligned with that are important. So remember Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you um, your desires of your heart, the desires of your heart. So, um, and James 1 17, every good and perfect gift comes from the father above. Okay. So let's go ahead and get into some reminders for the group. I just did the personal best drawing. So exciting. We had over 20 people on it. Alana and Seeker were the winners of the PB drawing, so congratulations. And then we did the video training drawing. These are for December. And Barbara and Memphis won it. That was for doing the uh, all lefts and all rights. Um, and Alana won the personal best. So only five people took part in the video challenge. Um, I know it's new. Um, November was DD um, pattern. December was all lefts, all rights, or circles and true turns. And January, right now, is going to be a dry work drill with no barrels, no poles. It's big and small circles with loose rein woe and rollbacks. And the video is posted in the group. Um, I'll be making more to go along with that this month um, as well. But that is the challenge. And I love being able to see how you train at home. 
um, instead of just your competition videos. It allows me to see how your slow work's going and if I can offer any advice. Um, so send those videos in. They only need to be one or two minutes long and it could be at a walk, a trot, or a lope, either direction or send me a couple videos, one of each direction. So let's see here. Um, so the, uh, this month for January, our skill challenge is biomechanics. We're going to be talking about that today. Um, and then mindset for this uh, month for January is going to be writing your goals down for your heart's desire, not ones that cause you anxiety. And then, of course, goals that give you purpose and keep it fun. So that is our mindset for January. And um, again, I'm going to get into the topic, but I've got a couple questions to answer. Let me see if I missed anything more in the housekeeping. Um, when you send me your videos, don't forget to let me know if you want them private or shared. Let me know the name of the arena. If you have multiple horses, what horse you're on. Um, the winning time and your time. And if you had any concerns, I can only see what's on the video. So if you had any issues warming up or in the alleyway, or if you changed anything, bits or anything like that, please let me know. Um, and that will help me figure out what's going on more with you and your horse as well and see if the changes you're making are helping or hurting. So first question, um, my goal, this is why I talked about this today. My goals are giving me anxiety. Um, so I'm just gonna answer that quickly because I've talked about it a lot already, but four out of 10 people do get anxiety. So I really do want your goals to be fun for you and be what your heart desires. So just make your goal something like, if that's, if that's what's happening, if you're getting anxiety about you know, goals, just say, look, I'm gonna just try to enjoy my horse more and I'm gonna laugh more. I'm gonna enjoy my life day to day more. And I'm not gonna worry about being perfect, but I'm just gonna do things that make me happy. Um, and I'm not gonna worry about what other people think, it's my life. So things like that, whatever works for you. Next question, um, is it important to have a barefoot trimmer for barrel racing if you're going to go barefoot? You know, I went through a stage where I wanted to go barefoot. In Colorado, mostly I had shod horses because it was rocky and hard, hard clay and all that. But um, I didn't have the ability to go barefoot. I would pull my shoes in the winter when my horse got time off to let their their feet open up and that the walls to thicken and the heels not to be so contracted by a shoe and having a shoe on a horse has a problem it doesn't allow as much circulation as a, a barefoot foot because it doesn't expand and you know when it hits the ground and the frog's not in the ground as much and that's the the pumping mechanism of the foot so you really want the that circulation going all the time of, of hitting the expanding but when you put a shoe on it forces it like a cast to stay closer the frog isn't now not touching the ground as much so if you can run barefoot that's awesome now in Florida we have mostly sandy pins grass to warm up in so it's it's okay to go barefoot here the problem with barefoot here is we get sand cracks we get fungus in the toes we get white line we get thrush so we have to keep up on our feet that way um, thrush is extremely painful so you should always have things available for thrush copper sulfate you know any kind of thrush medicine something for white line there's clean tracks and things like that um, abscesses are really really big in Florida with the wet, dry, hot, cold, that kind of stuff. Um, but there are different kind of barefoot trimmers out there. I tried a Strasser trimmer once, it was awful. No trim should ever cause your horse pain. Hear me when I say that. 
If they're going to pull your horse's shoes, don't let them change your horse's feet right away. Let the feet just harden up for a couple weeks. Let them just barely roll the feet or barely trim the feet. There should be no pain during the transition other than the feet need time to harden up. And you you have to prepare for not having shoes. You don't want to pull your shoes in the wet season. You, you don't want to pull your shoes right before a big event. You certainly don't want to trim a horse's feet before a big event. Um, or that you're going to be on a lot of concrete or clay or something like that. So, so yes, if you find a barefoot trimmer, there are trimmers that um, understand. A lot of times, even my own farrier, I've used him for four years. He does a beautiful job with horses, but he shoes a lot of performance barrel horses, things like that. So he sets a lot of feet up for looking good, balance, and all of that, and prepping for a shoe. But sometimes I have to remind him, hey, these horses stay barefoot. Can you leave me a little bit more and trim less, roll their toes more or something? And just that little eighth of an inch that he leaves me more can make my barefoot horse more comfortable. So now there's a happy medium because if you leave your your toes too long or things like that, you can start having other problems like underrun heels or uh, tendon issues or, you know, um, chipping and, and, you know, things like that. So there is a fine line, but I keep my horses on a tight schedule five or six weeks always, even though they're retired and in their 20s, I still keep them on a tight schedule because, you know, your babies, everybody should be on a schedule. It's um, important for their tendons, their angles with their with their pasterns and their shoulders and and um you know i think it's important just to keep the foot healthy so keep that in mind um i hope that answers your question uh respect on the ground so um is the next question yes there are horses that are pushy that crowd you um when you have a horse like that like rocky because he spent the first two years two months of his life in my lap not two years thank god he thinks he wish he could but two months in my lap because i had to doctor him around the clock he was a dismature foal he had you know a lot of issues so anyways um including seizures etc so when you have a pushy or crowdy horse whacking them and all that stuff i would not do that all the time because it just creates a, an, a a problem so the best thing to do is just move their feet and the best way to move their feet is left right um, maybe yield the front end maybe back them up um, things like that now if they do go to bite you kick you or or strike at you you do have a three second rule where you can pop them with that ed- end of your lead rope or split rein or whatever and um and let them know that's not okay just like a dominant mare would do in a herd you know they pin an ear and then they hit them with a double kick leg you know but just you know try to do it in the shoulder the hip whatever try to stay away from the face for the eyes and stuff like that uh, just so you don't have a vet bill but you do have a three second rule you can let them think they're gonna die for that three seconds but then let it go otherwise it's just revenge or your temper so there's no room for tempers with horses um so keep that in mind in the saddle if you have a disrespectful horse that's that's being um stiff or pushy one rein stops disengaging their hindquarters or even a pop on the butt with a split rein um, can fix a little bit of a respect attitude so so those are things to consider let's see here okay one more question then we'll do the topic can a horse build you confidence or take it away oh yes absolutely so you need to decide what you need if you're a, a novice rider 
or you're a rider trying to move up a division and this horse is just not getting it done and you've given it a year or two years and you just are not enjoying it, it's probably not the right horse for you and it may actually do better with someone else and there's nothing wrong with finding a horse a good home. Um, but there are horses that you will train and they will just come on and you will think you are you are God's gift to training horses. You're just the best trainer out there. And those horses will build your confidence. You will win on them easily. They will make barrel racing fun again. And, um, and that horse will build your confidence. So I do think that sometimes there are bad matches. I do think that some people make better trainers and some people make better competitors. Um, and then some people who can train and compete cannot teach. You know, and then same thing, there's people that teach that maybe haven't been as successful um, as high on the competition level, maybe at pro rodeos or futurities or something like that, but, um, or super shows. So, so you really um, have to, you know, just make a, a, a list of yourself pros and cons and say, look, this is what I really feel like I need. And this is what this horse gives me and what this horse doesn't give me. And maybe it's time for a change. So keep that in mind as well. All right. So topic for today. Um, I'm just going to go over two parts today. I have about 10 parts, but today's just going to be part one and two. The first and most important is stirrups and reins. Stirrups. We talked about this a little bit. When you take your feet out of your stirrups, your feet should hang about two inches past your stirrups, at least one inch, but possibly two inches to where it's about to your ankle bone. The reason why this will help you be able to sit square in your in your saddle when you're rating for a turn or a uh, circle. It will also help you when you're pulling up on your horn to have some weight in your stirrups to go with your horse's speed and power out of the turn without hanging on the reins or getting in their face. So that's really important. Um, I would definitely, um, I would definitely think that uh, it's something you would want to try at least once. Um, if you're on a really thick horse, your stirrups might be longer than when you get on a thinner built horse. You might say, "Wow, my stirrups feel different now because this, my saddle isn't, you know, spread out as much as it was on the, the thick horse." So. Even a thinner horse, you may have to take your stirrups up a hole. So keep those things in mind. Stirrups can certainly help you. Um, reins are really important too. We talk about always staying in a six inch box as our neutral position, horn high. And our reins um, need to be sh two choices. Split reins, which I love because I can do my slow work and get off my horse's head. If you're in your competition reins on the trail, you're gonna be in your horse's mouth all the time. If you're in your competition reins that are set up to where they barely touch your horn um, for competition length, when your chin straps engage, you're not going to be able to do your bend and flex work, your nose in, nose out, head down, counter arcing without being in your horse's face too much at a walk, maybe at a trot or lope, but not at a walk. So, so that's why I think split reins are great because you can loosen them up, but then you can also shorten them to where they feel like a pair of competition reins as well. So if you want to do some one-handed drills, you can shorten them up. But if you need to lengthen them so you can do some bending and flexing or, you know, just be able to get off of one side of the rein and just work one side of your horse, it's really important. So from your horse's mouth or their side pull or their bit, there should be a direct line from their, the rein where it clasps to your bridle, to your elbow, 
or excuse me, to your hand, to your elbow. Now, mind you, when you're in a neutral, like you're going at a speed, you're happy, your hands, that line's going to be smoother because your hand's going to be closer to your saddle horn in that six inch box. Um, but let's say you're going faster and you're running to a barrel or something, that your hands are going to be more in the middle of your horse's neck, somewhere halfway between the saddle horn and their ears, keeping them more balanced. And, um, and so your, your line won't be exactly clear, but you won't be in their mouth either. You'll just be like an inch from contact or just have slight balance rein, you know, contact on both reins, even hands kind of thing. So reins are really important as well. Um, I do think that, um, you need to consider both of those things when you are riding. So check your stirrups, check your rein length. If you are checking your rein length, um, when you're standing on your horse and their head is even with their withers, pull back on your reins when your chin strap's engaged or even just pressure on the bit if you have a snapper with no chin strap. Your reins should just barely touch your horn. And if a second way to check it is go lope some circles one-handed. If your hand, if your rein goes behind your horn, again, too long. The reason you don't want really long reins is because A, it causes a delay and B, it lets your hand get out of position you know your if your reins are long it might get your hands way up by your chest or way down by your thigh or way over the barrel before you get a response from your horse and that's why we don't want our reins too long now when you ride in split range your hands are about a foot apart on your reins when you're trying to do work on one side versus the other side but when you're in your competition reins or you shorten your split reins you should only be about one hand off center so there's only one hand distance between your hands maybe two at the most um, when you're working on your shorter reins so so anyways keep those things in mind and then the second thing I want to talk about is how important your eyes and your body are with biomechanics. So the biomechanic part of your stirrups and the reins, that is all going to allow your hands and your feet to stay in the right place where you keep your leg even with your hips. Your legs should never be way in front of your hips. Your legs should never be behind your hips. Um, if they are, again, you may have a saddle that doesn't fit you properly or that maybe the stirrups aren't hung properly or it could, again, be a situation where that's an improper length. And the same with the reins. Um, if your reins are not at the right length or your hand is not placed correctly on the rein, it can make for your hands to get out of that six inch box. So keep that in mind. Um, but as far as riding with your eyes and your body, hopefully in the last uh, week you've had a chance to think about it. And what does it mean when to your horse when you are going to a barrel with your eyes between their ears? Um, and even take it to an out, an, a, a higher level and look at their outside ear or the outside tracks and, and see how that affects you. Um, and then of course, never look down their neck because as soon as you look down their neck, you're gonna start your turn too soon or cut off your pocket going in and that causes a lot of problems. Um, the second thing with your body, we talked about paying attention to are your shoulders, hips and heels aligned? Uh, when, when should you roll your shoulders forward and roll up on your thighs a little bit, you know, leaving a barrel or maybe leaving the alleyway or, or something like that? Um, and are you sitting with your shoulders and hips back evenly when you're raiding, going into a turn or going around the barrel? Uh, now, mind you, that if you missed your spot, like you didn't get to spot one, two, and three and your horse and you cut it short or something, you have no choice but to sit back up. But ideally, if we want to ride soft hands, 
and ride from the waist down with our seat and our legs. And um, But occasionally you'll have to get up or sit down because your horse rated harder than you thought or something like that or you just miss got out of position or something. Um, and then I also want you to think about what it means when you put weight in your inside or outside stirrup and see what that'll do for you. For instance, leaving first barrel, just putting weight in your outside stirrup makes a huge difference to move over as soon as you leave that first barrel. Or if you have a horse that anticipates a turn, just looking between their ears or at the outside ear with a little more weight on your outside stirrup keeps that horse going straighter longer. And I'm not saying lean because the last thing you want to do is be leaning to the outside when your horse is turning to the inside. Um, I don't want anybody coming out of the saddle. But I'm not talking about leaning. I'm talking about just a slight amount of weight on one stirrup or one hip um, more than the other. So, and then also pay attention. Are you really sitting square? Are your shoulders and hips square in the saddle? Are you sitting back on both hips evenly or is it on one hip or the other? And then of course, when we leave our barrels, we want snap out. So that's when our inside hip and shoulder is gonna get you that snappy, snappiness out of your turn. If you have a horse that rollbacks and catches barrels leaving, you wouldn't want to do that as much. You'd want to sit a little more neutral and look at spot three longer, maybe even keep your legs on more. Um, so the other thing I want you to do, and the final thing is um, for this this part one and part two, is when you're doing this, the challenge this month for big and small circles, I want you to really work, practice um, your big and small circles at looking at your quarter turns between your horse's ears using your body as your main uh, cues and that you and your horse are mirroring each other. You're not getting ahead of them or behind them. Um, And also do it if you do some slow work on the barrels. Let's say you walk or trot the barrels, practice looking straighter longer and then it spots one, two, and three, only a quarter turn ahead. You and your horse should mirror one another. You shouldn't be way ahead of them ever or or behind them for that matter. So I think I'll go ahead and um, finish up there I've already been talking for 33 minutes um, but I would love some feedback from the group I've gotten some on what your words and slogan is going to be for the year I love some that I've gotten faith and confidence have fun and build relationships you know there's a lot of really cool ones that I've been getting so so keep doing that um, and then I'm going to go ahead and close with saying uh, Psalm 46.5, uh, if God is within her, she will not fail. Um, I kind of shortened that up, but that was a gist of it. And let's say a quick prayer and we'll go ahead and close. God, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, forgive us our sins and thank you so much for our blessings. Lord, we give thanks to you for always being there for us. And may we always put you first in our lives as we go into 2024. May you know our heart's desires and guide us through this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. So everybody, please ride with heart and um, God bless y'all. Thank you.